Hey everybody, it's Patrick and welcome to a special edition of Talking Backwards. We're very excited to share our conversation with James Grixoni, aka Deputy Jesse Holcomb from Twin Peaks The Return. You're going to hear stories about his Twin Peaks audition, stories from the set of Twin Peaks, as well as how he got into acting. James was also kind enough to answer some questions submitted by some of you on our Instagram, Twitter, and Patreon pages. Speaking of Patreon, this discussion was streamed live as a part of our monthly Barkhouse sessions for our Patreon supporters. And if you're supporting us there, you know how much we appreciate you and try to keep bringing you fun content like this conversation that you're about to hear. If you aren't a patron, please consider joining as we're about to early release our epic return recap episode on February 12th. We recently shared a teaser on our social media pages where Dave discusses Deputy Jesse Holcomb being his favorite new character from The Return. I wanted to play the clip real quick as it's referenced in today's episode. Here's Dave sharing some thoughts about Deputy Jesse. In a whirlwind of confusion and weirdos and ghosts and fire and crazy people and criminals and jerks at bars who push girls out of seats and hit kids with cars, Jesse Holcomb is a shining light and a pure marvel of innocence in this Chuck E. Cheese ball pit of a nightmare. And yeah, I started talking with, with with absolutely no goal. No goal. I think, but I got there. That's a quick tease from our upcoming two-hour return recap episode. If you're not hanging out with us over on Patreon and you're itching for some new Talking Backwards episodes, stay tuned because Twin Peaks Day will be here before you know it. Without further ado, here is the January 2022 edition of the Barkhouse Sessions featuring James Grixoni. I was going to say, is this like a, is this an adult show? Is this a kid show? Um, Say whatever you want. (laughs) Yeah, Dave, you want to do a, do a little solid intro for us? A solid intro? Yeah. Or a a sloppy one, whichever, (laughs) however you you feel. Sloppy. Dave talks real good. So. Well, if you're here with us and you're not uh, myself, Patrick, Tyler, or James, and you are a patron, which is great, and we thank you for that. Uh, we love the support. We love seeing you here with us. Uh, we think this is going to be a really good time. Uh, this is, of course, Talking Backwards. If you are not here for the Talking Backwards podcast and you are in the wrong class. <laughs> get the fuck out. <laughs> and get out. Nope. <laughs> nope. He left. Oh, he's back. Close I didn't one. mean it. That was a close one. <laughs> Please come back. Oh, man. Uh, but yeah, just thank you so much, and uh, thanks for being here. This is, this is a special night. Guys, it's, it's a really special night. We have a real privilege. Uh, we are joined by none other than Deputy. Det- See, Det- you talk Det- real ah, good. Man, I, you, that was so sloppy. E- I'm so excited. <laughs> Such a sloppy <laughs> intro. I'm so excited. We're just three dudes, I mean, and we, we get this opportunity to talk with Deputy Jesse Holcomb himself. James Grigsoni is joining us for this patron exclusive yeah. live stream. James, how are you tonight? You talk real good, Dave. <laughs> I'm, I'm a talksman. I'm a talksman. Uh, I'm doing really well. Thank you so much. It's cool to, have to sit down with you, Twin Peaks peeps, because uh, you guys are fam. So, hey. Hey, That's hey, cool. hey. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> We're all family here. Uh, so, I mean, James, of course we know you as Jesse Holcomb, my favorite new character from The Return. Yeah. That's uh, awesome, man. But, uh, I, I do want to get to know a little more about uh, your background in, in theater and films and a little bit about your early inspirations. I'd love to hear about yeah. that. Yeah. 
Well, first and foremost, man, you you probably gave me like uh, the best explanation slash compliment of Deputy Jesse on your last podcast when you were talking about your favorite characters. Yeah, uh, the whole the 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 ball pit <laughs> scenario, dude. I totally took that clip, and I have that clip. So when I'm 80 years old and I look back on that. I'm going to look at my kids and be like, look at this. Look at this one weirdo who got super psyched <laughs> about something. Yeah, I got. right. But it's a compliment, man. You know, because, uh, yeah, I, I grew up in like theater and, you know, just coming from like lower middle class neighborhood growing up. Uh, and then I was flunking out of school because I, I got the ADHD and, you know, some Tourette's and, uh, you know, come from the 21st century home. <laughs> so um you know i had all this energy and i had all this uh zest about myself and i didn't know where to plug it in and i remember growing up uh jim carrey was a huge inspiration to me and maybe not so much anymore but ultimately you know as a kid you're like holy hell this guy is he's magic and mm -hmm. then you know and then and then you kind of fall into robert de niro and then you watch the guy richie films and you see this kind of cool cool shit coming up and I, it inspired me and i wanted to tell stories for a living uh through through characters and i, I love psychology and i love uh what media does to people's psychology and so the whole concept of, of entertainment to me is really awesome sauce and then i got into theater as uh, as an actor and goddamn man theater is like the best it's the best for if you're an actor um musical theater musical theater too to be more specific yeah there you go um you guys ever done music theater ever see musical theater i i listen to soundtracks and see them as often as i can i want no part of it sweet. Sweet. <laughs> yeah sweet face <laughs> honest honesty whereas i i don't listen to as many soundtracks but i want so bad to be a part of one <laughs> yeah it's got an energy yeah. too it's big energy yeah um, I just, like you, I wish I found some place to really put that energy. I know that uh, Patrick and myself used to make a lot of just dumb little movies when we first met. Like that's kind of how we and music really got to know each other. And music, yeah. yeah, that's kind of how we first got to know each other is just making little movies, just coming up with stories and like jotting down a plot real quick, and or sometimes not even at all, and just shooting something and making it for making its sake. Yeah, having a space to to put creative energy can be its own kind of therapy it's a very special thing to be able to do for anybody i think that's you guys grew up together yeah i mean we all basically yeah yeah we've yeah. known both of you forever like over 20 years <laughs> it seems i remember really seeing cool. patrick in the halls of elementary school and he was too cool <laughs> to talk to me and we didn't speak until 2005. <laughs> 2005 so well that's not how i remember a cool 10 years later that's true right on. Yeah. dude that's so tight like uh you'd be lucky to have one friend in your adulthood that you have when you're a kid and like you guys have three but two you know three all together that's pretty yeah. awesome it's really yeah really lucky uh and what do you call it i had i had a buddy emilio man this guy's my brother and uh we knew we, we knew each other and first grade dude and we were the guys that were like telling like the shit fart jokes and the, you know, <laughs> the, the low resonators and i went and I, talked, <laughs> I, I, I told my mom 
And my mom was like, I don't ever want you to see that kid again. And that kid and I became best fucking friends. <laughs> <laughs> and so, Emilio! Shout out Emilio. Shout out Emilio. Yeah. We did it. We did it. We're here. <laughs> we did it. We did Emilio. <laughs> yeah. Um, Definitely shout out Emilio. But- Mighty hey, hey, hey. <laughs> and he tipped his hat like that. Yeah. <laughs> I, I wanted to say it, but that was like this. Was good, yeah, yeah. yeah right. so good. Uh, speaking of, yeah, you know, and then back to your question, you know, the big old roundabout is uh, then you then you've got comedies, man. Uh, Austin Powers, Mike Myers. Um, well, yeah. you know, you got. Night at the Roxbury's and SNL films, Adam Sandler. Yeah. So I kind of just got inundated with this super amazing entertainment. And, you know, theater led to, I was, I was like, I was kind of like, theater doesn't pay, man, because it doesn't pay. And uh, I was like, your boy's got to make some money. And Seattle has a good entertainment scene for that. And I landed, hey, I get to, I get to brag about this now. I landed a uh, body double gig with Tobey Maguire from uh, Spider-Man. He was Spider-Man himself. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah, and he and he uh, was shooting a movie in Seattle, and I got to be his body double, and that was really cool. I'm kind of just remembering that. Yeah, yeah. I love, that. I love like... that you forgot that. <laughs> <laughs> well, man, I've been I've been having a crazy week uh, promoting a movie right now. And trying to line up a movie in the UK, I dude, I had to put my cat to sleep. Uh, oh my gosh! Yeah, yesterday after for uh, ten years, man. Oh, my girlfriend, wow. twenty man. years. Oh, dude, it hurts. Uh, but you know, then you got situations like this where it's like it's just such a it's a nice nice energy. It's a nice break. Um, you know, just kind of cool meeting people like this. I kind of forgot where I was going with that, but uh, <laughs> that's okay. All good, man. Yeah. It's cool to sit down and just kind of BS with people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, but goddamn, dude, it's fun. It's really yeah. fun. That's yeah, cool. having, not just having Twin Peaks, but also having now you have like these other creative properties that you can kind of attach your name to as just an artist. Definitely. Yeah, yeah that's awesome. I, I was, I was going to say this for a little bit later, but I'll, I'll go ahead and ask. Uh, since appearing on Twin Peaks, has anything uh, changed for you professionally or in your life since that kind of exposure? Uh, yeah. Well, I, yeah. Um, I've been, I, again, I've been really lucky because uh, with being Toby Maguire's body double, that did the same kind of thing to me. Uh, this was right when Facebook, yes, it was right when Facebook was blowing up. Um, <laughs> yeah, it yeah. was, yeah, it was, it was right. We saw when the invention of Facebook. Was, we did. <laughs> Holy shit. We were there day one. Ugh. I had to be invited. <laughs> I did too. I was still on MySpace. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. MySpace was a little more cool. You get to customize. Yeah. You got to customize your page and add its own music. Um, but no, anyway, Toby McGuire, like doing that with them, that got me some, some publicity. And then Twin Peaks, man, was just like setting off a powder keg. It, uh, I didn't quite, I kind of have my head up my ass in, in that regards, because even like Tobey Maguire, I was like, oh yeah, I got to play Spider-Man, but you know, he's an A-lister <laughs> and you know, yeah. best, best friends with Toby, uh, with uh, Leonardo DiCaprio mm-hmm. and, you know, highly successful career, worked with 
the, some of the greatest talent. Going into Twin Peaks was kind of the same way. Uh, I knew David Lynch and I knew Twi Twin Peaks, but really like Dune was the only thing that I really liked. Yeah. Um, I, I never watched Twin Peaks, you know, um, Blue Velvet was kind of too trippy for me. And I was, you know, and, and it's just kind of not my vibe. Again, I was talking about Adam Sandler movies and stuff like that. Right, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, the getting on that show, I'm really lucky to, I've not had to audition for stuff, uh, which is probably the greatest compliment uh, an actor can ever get is when people just want you. Yeah. And um, what else has happened? Just, dude, being like, I, I'm too humble to say this, but like, kind of, or maybe I'm not, and maybe I'm too egotistical. <laughs> this uh, is a safe space. Yeah. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it feels like there are people all over the world that know me. And I've had the honor to meet them. Um, and it's really strange and it's really cool. And it almost feels like you have influence, but then at the same time, it's like, but you don't really. Because um, now we live in such a fucking loud world. Um, but being attached to David Lynch's project and, and his mind and his his concepts and his artwork, that's the real cool connective thread that I'm experiencing. If that makes sense. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. As we go, I think we were just talking about before we hopped on how uh, we we've had people reach out to us uh, with you know with very cool stories and about how. Uh, they appreciate our show and how it's gotten them through specific things. And it's like, we're just three guys who do this as a hobby. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, so to have any kind of influence just by goofing around, I can't imagine what it's like to be in a very high profile project and have probably people from all over the world reaching out just for the opportunity to be in contact with you because of a, a love that you didn't know was possible from somebody you don't know. I think most it is. And I'm hold on one sec. My lady came in. I got to go give her a quick hug. Give me one yeah, sec. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Love hey, this. Hey, hey. <laughs> Anybody want to hug? I'm good. Yeah. I, w I want to give you a hug. Hey, here's a hug. There you go. Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah. oh I'm getting it. I'm getting it. <laughs> yeah, dude, everybody feels like, I feel like everybody in one way or another wants to be seen. And, and fame is kind of the thing in our culture that uh, we're kind of inundated with. And I know at one point, I'm sure in all your guys' lives, you've grown up and you've been like, I want to be famous or, you know, I want to be on TV or I want to be in a movie or something like that. And the coolest compliment is that I'm not like, I'm not like a, like a, I'm not famous for like Brad Pitt's famous for Brad Pitt or DiCaprio's DiCaprio. Uh, it, I'm gaining some kind of heightened career for being attached to such a neorealistic abstract artist. Right. And the world that he built. Um, Today you are you are Brad Pitt. Today, yeah, maybe yeah. Today, <laughs> um, for three seconds, and now I'm over that. <laughs> um, and, but uh, that's the thing. That's the thing that I think is just amazing is that it's not like it's. I'm a part of this world uh, that began kind of when television took off, and then he comes all the way back around and uh, creates. Yeah, again, he kind of creates this sort of abstract 
I love this term neorealistic. Um, I took. I love hearing you say it. Yeah, thank you, thank you. Neorealistic, <laughs> neorealistic, neorealistic. <laughs> You're gonna have to stop. Yeah, okay. All right. <laughs> we have to be in the same um, room with him, so please. Take yeah, no worries, no worries. Um, but yeah, basically, that's that's just that's how it's it's changed. Is I've just gotten to be a part of an as an artist, I've gotten to be a part of something very cool, and uh, and I have a cameo. <laughs> you know what that is? A cameo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Cameo, like cameo.com. Get a cameo. Yeah. yeah. Do you, like, do you get yeah. a lot of uh, do you get a lot of Twin Peaks like <laughs> like fans that are like wanting you to be Deputy Jesse in their cameos? <laughs> I've had I've had like six people, but like <laughs> that's amazing. It's that's really cool, yeah. and I've had to, and I've sang Happy Birthday to a couple people. Nice, um, but they love that. Just, yeah, it's just, yeah. You know, Twelve bucks. I'll do whatever you want. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I I paused because you said you had a cameo, and I thought you were about to announce a role. Oh, <laughs> oh. Like, I, I'm very. I am aware of the app, but yep. I, I was like, are we about yeah. to acknowledge two cameos? So I'd yeah, some right. hot goss. Yeah. yeah, some hot goss. But yeah, I, I had to pause. No, that's great. Yeah. Shout out the cameo if you want to shout out from Deputy Jesse Holcomb himself. Cameo.com. James I'll Gertrude. do it. I'll do whatever you want me to do. <laughs> whatever you want. Ooh, that's a that's a big <laughs> ask. <laughs> I've got a chicken stew, so we can have some fun. <laughs> I don't, I don't right. think he is. I don't think he's. Joking. I don't think you would have said it if you didn't mean it. <laughs> um, that's a that's a dare right. He said too much. <laughs> Let that out. Let that out. What's said, the next question? What's the next question? Well, I guess we'll just uh, we'll we'll dive in a little more on uh, on Deputy Jesse Holcomb and uh, a little bit about Twin Peaks uh, for our for our Peaks fans that are in here. Uh, I like that show. We we did have a a, a couple right. things we wanted to ask for sure. Uh, for one, did you? maybe you didn't even audition. Uh, how did you even get started in? And did you know that what you were going in for was Twin Peaks? Or did you know you were auditioning for Twin Peaks? Was that a secret? Um, it was a secret. Yeah, was a secret. It, was, it was a secret even for me. I was, you know, I, I got this audition from my agent and they were like, we can't tell you what it's for. And I was like, ah, damn it, man. It's a fucking Ford commercial. And I'm not. Uh, I'm not. It, it would be for a Chevy commercial. He's going to be in a warehouse, and all these yeah. cars are going to pop out of the floor. <laughs> <laughs> I'll make. I'll make like a good day wage. You know, it's going to be one of those for a, for a yeah, hey, at the bottom, but they don't tell you what's about to happen. Like Norman said, for for a new car, perhaps. Right. Whoa. That's, yeah. It all connects. It all connects. Um, damn, that's hilarious. I actually never. I never connected that. There you go. Thank you, Norman. Um, <laughs> that was David Lynch's like joke. He's like, he probably thinks he's auditioning for a Ford commercial. Yeah, I'm gonna make yeah. him talk about his new car. <laughs> <laughs> we do right. Ford connections here sometimes, so <laughs> advertisement, advertisement. Um, yeah, so I wasn't gonna go because I was like, dude, I'm not Ford material. Uh, you know, I, I'm like, I go into the, you know, you guys have, I'm sure, y'all you know, actually don't act. Um, you go into a room when you audition and you're surrounded by everyone that's better looking than you or more charismatic or, you know, they look just like you. Sounds and... like me walking at a target. Oh my God, dude. Yeah. Like the electronic <laughs> section. Exactly. That. Yeah. Oh, it's great. I can't I ask you. All these guys are too good looking. 
<laughs> I, <laughs> I guess I'll never get a Switch. Oh, my first job was at a Target. It's funny enough. Nice. Um, yeah, but Back when no. they had styles and looked like oh, dude, the lighting, the lighting in that place it was sucked. awful. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, hold on. In my ADHD, dude. I um. Okay, so yeah, I uh, I wasn't gonna go because I was just like, yo, I'm not that material. And my partner was like, you should just go. And I was like, God, man, I don't know. I'm tired of being an actor. Like, you know, go nowhere. And uh, she was like, just go, dude. You got this audition. You said yes to it. You got the day off. Go to it. So I went. And I'm sitting there. And I'm surrounded by all these, like, uh, Cornish college theater trained individuals. Amazing actors. And they all had these monologues prepared. And me, I'm sitting there, and I was like, nobody told me what this is for. I got nothing to prepare. <laughs> I was just going to go in and make some shit up. And um, I go in. Actually, first, I put my ear up to the door, and there I can hear this guy busting out a monologue. And I'm just kind of like, oh, my God. Um, what are you going to do? Yeah. And then I, I go in, and the casting director is a really sweet lady. And she she was like, yeah, we got nothing for you to read. I was like, excellent. Uh, but we're gonna, but we're gonna interview you. And I was like, okay. And she was like, all right. So what do you do for a living? And I was like, well, I'm a bartender. And she was like, what do you like about bartending? And I also been studying yoga and meditation at the time. And so, you know, in my twenties, drinking and doing a lot of yoga, you kind of think all kinds of crazy stuff. And um, <laughs> I, I noticed when I was a bartender, I worked at a tourist bar. So my answer to her was, it doesn't matter where you come from in the world. Everybody's the same. We all want to be listened to. We all want to have a good time. And we all want a really good taste and drink. And she was like, okay, cool. That's a really great answer. That's all I need. And then as I was walking out of the room, I thought she said, I'm, gonna, I'm going to submit you for deputy baby. And I remember being like, what's this, what's this shit? What, what, what am I doing? Are they, they casting yeah. for a kindergarten cop? Like, yeah. reboot? Yeah. Is this the boss baby spinoff? When I was like, I was like, as I walked out, she was like, yeah, I got the baby chase. But like, get the fuck out of here, man. Like, I'm more than this. Yeah. Um, and so then I just let go of it. Because uh, I was like, it's fun. You know, that was a good audition. I was like, it was just fun getting interviewed. And... Um, then I think it was like a week later, I get a phone call and they were like, yeah, you got cast as Deputy Jesse Holcomb in Twin Peaks. And I was like, first thing I did, I called my mom and she cried. And then I, I was just kind of in this disassociative experience where I was just like, well, holy shit, I got to study everything about Twin Peaks. Yo, I got to study Twin Peaks, David Lynch. I found out David Lynch meditates. So I was like, well, now, now I got to study more about meditation because if you can kind of find out how the man works, you can find out how his art works. And then you can kind of just get into yeah, that mode. <laughs> Dude, it's on you, right? You're like, absolutely. You'll never really get into him. But he definitely, like, there's a world in meditation, like, that you kind of sink into, and David Lynch talks a lot about that with Transcendental, and he, I think he, he wrote a book. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, and so, 
getting ready for it was like the coolest experience in the world was the coolest because you know i'm sitting there and i'm kind of smoking some dopes watching uh all of twin peaks and just sort of like getting my mind blown uh (laughs) and as i was sitting there i was noticing i I looked at my lady and i was like you know there's a lot of sheriff's department stuff in this show Mm -hmm. and and they cast me as a deputy and I still had no idea where what right. my character was like yeah. or what it was doing. So I started being like, well, crap, dude, maybe this is a big role. I don't know what this is. And so uh, I just took it as seriously as I could. And uh, yeah, you know, and then, then you're on set. I totally went to the gym, you know, I was like, I'm going to be a cop. <laughs> like, run, man, run. Got to get that cop bod. <laughs> yeah, I get that cop bod. Like, nobody, my, nobody's, nobody's going to. So was that was that your first uh, foray into ever seeing Twin Peaks or like anything David Lynch outside of Dune? Apart from uh, references, because it was so pop culture heavy, and so like I watched I watched Simpsons or I watched The Critic, uh, and they would have like references alluded. And then my father was a really kick ass. dad in regards to showing me movies and material i probably shouldn't have seen when i was a kid but it's just such a great uh you know like yeah. alien blade runner um jaws I would, he didn't show me the x ex- he didn't show me the exorcist that would be pretty pretty mean but um <laughs> like yeah like five years old like no uh, maybe like eight. but um he i want to no he showed me fire walk with me that was how, that that was my introduction was fire walk with me and no context sure, to yeah, what right. Twin Peaks was. And so I'm just watching it. And I just, to me, I just think of it as a scene to scene drug trip. Yeah. Just like, what is happening? The whole like that. And yeah. Yeah. Is that, is that key for something? <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> I think we all had that. Yeah. <laughs> just like, hey, Keith Sutherland's here. And he's, he's yeah. hanging out with Chris Isaac. Great. Yeah. yeah. And Chris Isaac. Yeah. Chris Isaac. What? Yeah. yeah. Da- David Bowie. Good game. David Bowie. David Bowie. Yeah, they got some big, big pulls for that film. It's it's a lot like I I don't know if you, I don't know if you ever saw any of the Firefly series, the Joss Whedon series, but there's a movie for that, and it's when it was on Netflix, the movie was the first episode in the series, so it showed the movie and then the series. Oh, so you had Mm -hmm. absolutely no context for anything that was going on for the first hour that you experienced that. IP. And there's so many stories of people seeing Fire Walk with Me first before anything else Twin Peaks that we've heard. Because it's a prequel. This. I guess, but like but still you jump right in and like there's a school bus full of children with like just a mystery of like well what why is the FBI here? Where you know I like, still don't know the answer to that. <laughs> right. They he, he he's Lynch is very good at just dropping you in the world. I think and watching Fire Walk with me as a kid was really cool because I don't think I looked at it as trying to make sense of it. And sure. I think if you kind of let go of that kind of the conspiracy, conspiracy, conspiracy theory kind of element of it, uh, and just kind of watch it as like a piece of art, it kind of has its own meaning. And then through that, you can kind of find the conspiracy through it. Because I totally feel like there's a bunch of conspiracies in that oh, uh, yeah. the show. And I also think he's making a lot of mirrors to. Oh yes. I mean, you know, of course he is. He's an artist, yep. and so it's all about you know my perspective of the world through a completely fractal you know landscape yeah mirrors yeah. to everything yeah it's like a 
it, there are definitely a lot of mirrors being made within the series itself, but then there is a lot outside of that too, like a, a, on almost meta, where you can look at it and, and find commentaries on anything you want to find it on in the series as well. Like it's, mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a way to reflect on just about anything, but it also reflects you- on itself and it just keeps going. It's just this infinite loop of images and a mirror maze that you never really find your way into or out of. When you say, when you say reflects on commentaries, are you meaning like, uh, like infinite definitions or infinite perspectives of the same work? Sure. Yeah. That, oh, well, yeah. especially Twin Peaks, that is the case because mm-hmm. I, I've heard a million theories about any one element within the series and nobody's particularly wrong or right unless there's something solid, which is rare, where you can point to and say, absolutely not because this. Mm-hmm. But yeah. it's, it's so open-ended and there are so many possibilities that it's almost impossible to be wrong if you come up with a, a thought or a theory. Except It's very hard to debunk or to prove. Except for all my theories, they're, they're all correct. Yours are rock solid. They I'm are. You know, they are. You pretty much have it. Because that's the kind of thing. That's kind of the thing. It's all your perspective. Yeah. Although. Dave's right. If you look at what David Lynch does on the outside of his art in that that uh, that catchphrase, fix your hearts or die, yeah. there's also I also feel like there's this idea to, uh, especially in season three, where he kind of emphasizes a sense of evil is taking over. And, you know, how are you going to navigate that? And I truly feel like, you know, we live in a Damn, I'm getting too deep now, but oh, I, I feel it. like I go feel deep. like go deeper. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like um, I feel like it's odd that he gave that warning right before we went into this pandemic, you know, mm-hmm. and and then you look at what's going on in the world, and it's almost this idea of like, how can you not be compassionate? And it's like, is there something out else tearing people at the seams? Mm-hmm. You know, and so I kind of feel like that that idea of fix your hearts or die, you know, fuck what's going on, man. You got to kill shit with compassion. Like, you got to be a good person right now. And you got to, like, be good to people and yeah. fuck everything else, you know? It's all just noise. It's a hard time to live in the South. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> in the South. Oh, dude, it's the same there. thing up here, but it's like a different, it's a different end of a spectrum. And yeah. I just am like, come on, man. Like, it's, it's all getting in the middle. I'm a lever though, so I'm all about balance, but... Inveyance makes people so angry, and I think this is universal, but Mm -hmm. in South, so much, you see such disdain for any sort of regulation being put on your lifestyle. Like, this Mm -hmm. latest bit of inconvenience makes people so angry, and it's so much easier to get angry than to be kind and patient. Kind of like when we made everything inconvenient for Tyler by watching an episode of Twin Peaks one week at a time. I hate you guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> For our podcast. He's still bitter about it. Yep. But yeah, it's it's so much easier to just become angry and to just take things as, to be selfish and to take something as a slight on you. Mm-hmm. And it's so much work to be thoughtful, patient, kind, to think about how it's affecting others, not just you. Yeah. To be accommodating, to be willing to put in the effort and help somebody else versus wishing somebody else would help you. It's pretty much, if you inconvenience someone, you're the devil. (laughs) 
yeah, this is not what Jesus wanted. Yeah, welcome to Tennessee. Well, you know what I think. You know what I think is the devil is taxes. <laughs> Amen. The devil <laughs> is taxes. taxes. Yeah, this is, everything about taxes sucks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I mean, I I agree with you guys though, hands down. And uh, I think it was like beautifully displayed with the atomic bomb uh, scene. Like, God Ooh. damn it, that was such a good scene. It exploded, that and then it was that that violin playing. Um, oh my God. Yeah, and, I mean, evil evil's beautiful, isn't it? Like the way the way that you kind of, I feel like violence affects the brain in a in a very primeval way, and you're able to take that and, and display it in beautiful imagery. It's very powerful. Uh, yeah, that was. It's just such a cool scene to watch. And God damn it. Never before has a camera gone all, like pan all the way into <laughs> an atom bomb. Yeah. It was brilliant. brilliant. I bet they ruined that camera. <laughs> the camera got destroyed. Oh, yeah. you, you saw what happened to it. It kept filming. Yeah. Everything happened. <laughs> it was wild. Yeah, nobody can go there. near that camera anymore. <laughs> yeah. It was like a crew of ten <laughs> behind them too. Yeah, yeah walking in the camera there. out, and it was just like, let's see what we got. <laughs> Yeah, it was good. That's very good work. Yeah. So good again, but better this time. So yeah. So so uh, James, did you get a script before you showed up on the set? Because you said you were saying how you just kind of you know you had the the blind audition. You showed up to set. Like so, when did you get any material that you knew that like you had to say something or do something or be somewhere? Man. Um... I feel like I'm getting old because I can't remember what what happened. First, Any specific but... dates and times? No, I'm just yeah, <laughs> I think I think I got it trying on my costume. Wow, maybe, maybe. Mm. Uh, but but it was a different script. It was just it, it was just my side, so it was just the right. scenes that I was in. Yeah, and you know. And yeah, and then there was I think I think there was one or two extra lines uh, that were in it, but basically he I did everything that was on that page was was recorded. You have no context. You have no context to what the hell is going on. So that idea of uh, there's a man out front, Wally Brando. Um, as a, as an actor, I'm kind of thinking like, hey, Marlon Brando is just a guy that you know, like your whole imagination is going everywhere, and you're trying to figure out. Um, you didn't think it was Michael Sarah right off? You were just like, probably Michael Sarah. Mike, <laughs> yeah, I didn't Michael. think. I, I was like, I was like, this is gonna be Michael Sarah, and then he's gonna do a fifteen-minute monologue. Okay, cool, let's go. <laughs> um, no, and so you're just kind of like trying to you're trying to figure it out, but then really what I learned is just learn the lines, just learn the lines, forget everything else, and it served the work. Uh, wholeheartedly because it was nothing that i like if i prepped i did prep i had my own little backstory in my head that i still stick to but um and the push-ups and the push-ups yeah that little (laughs) crevice um and um you just gotta but then you just gotta throw it all away and i'm glad that um, david lynch is a person that you have to do that for because david lynch is like it's like it's like choreography more than acting if that makes oh. sense, in a sense, I love that. not to not to not to disrespect him or anything like that, no. with utmost respect, um, because it's beautifully done. Mm-hmm. It's it's like stand here this way, 
say things slowly. Uh, yeah. It's like extreme fast. blocking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and being very serious about it because I think that's what kind of gives this sort of mechanical animation vibe to it. Um, and I remember too, he was, he was like, he's like, you're, you know, was, he was like, uh, I want you to say everything like it's a conspiracy. And I, was, <laughs> I was like, I was like, okay. And then he, and I did it. And then he's like, you're doing really good, Jesse. <laughs> and I was like, dude, this guy is fucking awesome. I don't know why. <laughs> But like I, I might have a boner right now. You know what I'm Wouldn't blame you. Understandable. Yeah. yeah. Like, was, like, I mean, like you. I'm just picturing the scene now of you walking in saying that Wally Brando is, you know, outside, and it's almost now. I'm like picturing it like where if you're questioning it as conspiracy, like who is this person? Like I don't think his name's really Wally Brando. <laughs> like, I don't, you know. Yeah, code is a code for something. You know? yeah, yeah, is it code? Is it code? It's code. Um, that really does change everything. <laughs> like even just that little bit of information changes everything. But so the line about the car coming in is like, "Would you like to see my new car?" Like that's code for something. Yeah, like you're not actually like, I showing. I found some shrooms of jackrabbits. Yeah, now. <laughs> you want to do? <laughs> yeah, your new car is. Can I show you new car? Yeah. yeah. Speaking um, of your new car, did was do you know what car you had? A two because you get cut off. You say a two thousand, and then there's nothing. That's the one thing I can't give away. Ooh, no. Yeah. 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 All right. Uh, I tried. Oh, you've been killed off the show. <laughs> <laughs> and he's gone. It's uh, little do you know, I, it's actually a bicycle. Uh, I care about the environment now. Uh, Watch well, oh, it's, it's a Prius. Hey. Little, uh, that's a nice bike, son. No, I like to call that little Jesse Wholesome. Oh, love it. Are you I'm done? Good. I'm good. <laughs> I thought I was gonna get should killed. Play, should we play that music again? Was that number four? It was worth it's like 10 at this point. <laughs> I know exactly what. Oh, I do know exactly how that went down now that I'm thinking about it because, yeah, he took, he took me aside and he was just like. He was like, uh, "What's what's the what's your favorite car? What's your favorite car?" And I was like, uh, "I really like Dodge Chargers." Nice. And he and he was like, "I want I want you to imagine a uh, yeah, Dodge Charger, blue, and you know it's got a V eight or some some shit. You know, like I don't know, I don't know anything about cars. <laughs> I don't uh, know cars. But, yeah, yeah, I don't know. I don't cars. either. I'm not cars." Um, but it was, it was, you know, so just he has a way of like, you know, not making things confusing. Imagine a car stand like this, sitting slow, it's a conspiracy, you know, very knows, knows how to talk to actors really well, you know, not to convolute anything. Yeah, you know? No, 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 no. Yeah. yeah I, uh, so I, I have seen some behind the scenes footage of him working with different actors and it, it seems like no matter what his vision is, he has a way of conveying that to the actor in a way that makes perfect sense to them. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's not always the same kind of direction either. He'll come to somebody and he'll find the way yeah. to, to say what that person needs to hear to get exactly what he wants to get out of them from that moment. And, so and he's really, he's really nice. He's yeah. really nice. Um, 
And you don't get that a lot. I mean, you get that, you get that, but they're like, there's a certain energy, warmth, niceness to them. Hmm. Uh, but I will say this is uh, one of the takes we did where it was, I was at Big Ed's gas farm. Uh, my, my arm was positioned like a, like, you know, in a different way like that. And this guy, he straight up, he straight up walks right up to me and grabs my arm. And, I want your arm there. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, all right, man. But the five on the set was really cool and walking on set was for the first time wearing that outfit and going to the Tweets Cafe and sitting there with Dana and David and going over the scene was really super surreal. Was that your first day on set? Yeah. Yep. Wow. First day. Yeah. So cool. Yeah, it was. Tell us about Dana, Bobby. <laughs> Dana is really nice. Uh, really super nice guy. Yeah, he introduced himself as Dana. And then, but David Lynch would only call us by our character names, which is great. And then um, he, he was just really supportive. Uh, really fun guy to work with. He actually reminded me of a kid that I did theater with growing up. It, I was I bonded really well with. And so Emilio. Were, I just, oh no, not Emilio. Yeah, no, not Emilio. No, Emilio's <laughs> not theater. Um, but a guy that looked like him and looked like uh, Dana. And I just remember I kind of had this like energy where I was like, oh, I, I've known you forever. And I think it kind of felt natural That's being cool. with him. Yeah. And then funny enough too with theater is one of the cool things that I can take pride in is when I'm, I come in the way that I have my arms uh, was, <laughs> yeah, yeah. was strictly my choice. And that was because in theater, we did a show called the chorus line and yeah. we talked about how that like doing that displays like a sense of pride and confidence. And I remember like just connecting the dots and that kind of morphed into how I portrayed this character. That's great. That's fucking crazy. That's crazy, yeah. man. Yeah, right. everything just feeds. <laughs> everything feeds the next. Wow. Okay. Yeah, it's all wild. Yeah. And I, I remember Steve David was like, "I want you to spin this cop car around the the tweeds, and, and then I want you to hit this one point." And he was like, "Do you know how to drive like that?" And I I haven't driven in like ten years, but I looked at him and I was like, "Yeah." And uh, <laughs> I just remember like I, I fucked it up. You like, know, it's like twice. a lie. Yeah, I lied. And um, I just, I, I remember I was, you know, like, I was trying everything. I, you know, I was like trying to hit the gas, but then that was scaring people. And, you know, I, I just, I made it work, but I, I was so focused on hitting that point with a car right. that uh, I don't, rem I don't remember actually. That's amazing. And then there was, there, yeah, there was one other line in that scene that got cut out. Uh, the gentleman, Dwayne, who edited it. Yes, Dwayne Dunham. Amazing human being um really nice guy but also uh, yeah they edited out one line and it played into this idea of like a conspiracy and so i just remember i was like you know going so down my own mental rabbit hole for that scene that i was you know because i wanted to like there's something going on you know mm -hmm. uh, and so yeah yeah i awesome. i know that there was there wasn't very much screen time for Jesse Holcomb, and that's unfortunately a, a gross misuse of the character. Uh, <laughs> but you said pretty much everything that was on the, on the page got recorded, except for maybe a couple mm -hmm. lines. Yeah, uh, every scene, every scene that they well, geez, man, the whole you know, you talk about the different aspect of the film industry. Uh, every every scene that I was in was used, 
and then um, I remember uh, Sabrina Sutherland, the producer, absolutely amazing, amazing, amazing woman, mm -hmm. uh, just human being. She she took me aside on my last day, and she was like, oh, "David really loves your character, and we want to keep using uh, him, and so you're coming to L.A." and right then and there i shit my pants no no, 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 no right then and there i actually i felt like i almost crap myself because right. i was i was just like oh this oh, oh man this, this is happening man it's happening real quick and um she was like wait a few months and so I, I i went back to my job and i waited a few months and then i i got in touch with her and i was like well what's the deal and she was like actually we we took it a different road and so we don't need deputy jess anymore and dude i took it i i took it kind of hard for a month uh i may have kind of boozed out like a hound and um you know just sort of had to like reprioritize um because you kind of think like oh it's the actor's life you're like, like oh i'm gonna yeah. go this way and then pfft, you go that way yeah um and so then i was really lucky because then uh, at the time my girlfriend she got back from thailand and she was like i'm gonna go become a yoga teacher and meditation teacher or i'm gonna go and run become a yoga teacher and i was like well i got nothing going on so i'm gonna do that with you and that changed my whole life um and then as soon as i got my uh certificate i got a phone call from uh the production of twin peaks and they were like yeah you're invited to the premiere oh i also should made a disclaimer i took it bad when they didn't say i was going to come down to la i thought they cut the entire part out of the uh -huh. show so it just it felt like like my guts just got taken out you know like, oh. yeah and so, so you uh, thought everything that I, you went down there for was being removed yeah i thought everything was gonna be gone I, mean, oh, because wow. I, I just the nihilist you know perspective of Ooh, me yeah um and so that this sucked and so then going and doing the, the yoga thing uh really kind of helped me sort of redefine and i also think it kind of helped me when the show took off because you know yeah you got some attention and that can be anxiety inducing you know and overwhelming yeah. and so it helped it helped to kind of learn how to breathe um you know work out and just kind of be healthy as a human being sure sure well if nothing else you you got that time to to find something to center yourself and kind of reconnect yeah mm -hmm. so there well, so did come yeah. out of that that shock and that scare um, yeah, I think too, is for all bad things, good things emerge, and for all good things, bad things emerge. And uh, I think I teach, I teach uh, a couple people now, and uh, I always say that one consistency in life is that nothing is consistent. And so it's just kind of about going with the flow of things and, you know, trying to be the light uh, as opposed to a piece of shit. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, back me up. <laughs> Put that on my grave. Great wisdom. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. put on your refrigerator. Um, yeah. I love it. Yeah, man. Thanks. Um, so you went to the premiere. What? How? How was that? I mean, I've seen like you know the the foot the red carpet footage and all you know all all that stuff. What was what was the premiere the night of the premiere like? And also just like, did you watch each week like as the show was airing? Did you watch every week? It was yeah. on. Yeah. 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 Um, made a point. Primarily my own vanity. Ain't that. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, where am I? Um, yeah. Where am I? Yeah. Um, yeah. I I went. We, we went to the premiere. Um, my lady and I, and 
I remember I was nervous. I was nervous, dude. I was so nervous because like I got pulled up about a block away and I could see that there was the red carpet on the first block. Uh, I went to a bar and I had like two rum and gingers because I was just like, <laughs> I was like, I was like, I need a little bit of dissociation just so I can get back. Um, <laughs> just got to ease those yeah. nerves a little bit. Ease those yeah. nerves. And so uh, we had a drink, we had a couple drinks and uh, then we, we went and uh, weird man, because some lady knew who I was and uh i didn't know who she was and so that kind of scared me a little bit and she was <laughs> and she was like she was like she was like uh hey it's, you know uh, come on here come on you're going on the red carpet and it was a black carpet but uh we walked we walked on it and dude that's what i'm saying it's like the hey james hey james right. the cameras and oh, God. yeah and, and the like fucking smiling. fucking me yeah you gotta smile I wish, I wish I would have just been like, <laughs> like, like that's the kind of guy I am, like as James. But, but I, I got nervous, you know, and I tightened up, and so I was just doing the whole like, you know, thank you, um, screaming internally, but yeah, basically. And then you know, my lady on the side smiling too, and so it was really good, feel- good feeling, super good feeling. Feel like you make it, um, which I know a lot of actors live their whole lives and, and don't get that so like that's mm-hmm. yeah i'm really really grateful um and then went into the theater and it was the old chat charlie chaplin uh on the theater i don't know the name of it but it was very like gothic like on the inside and uh took some photos and that's when i met Dwayne. Du- oh, oh, Dwayne, cool. Dwayne, what's his Dwayne last name Dwayne, Dwayne Dwayne Dunham Dwayne Dunham yeah. Okay. Dun- we'll go. Yeah. Dunham. Yes. Dunham. Yeah. I was sitting in this chair having a glass of wine, sure. and yeah. um, and he comes up to me, dude. Like right. he comes up to me, and he's like, he's like, Jimmy, you're Johnny. Yeah. He's like, no. Yeah. And he's Toby McGuire, right? Yeah. Spider Man. Great. Spider Man. He looked like that to me because I was so wasted by that time. <laughs> yeah. Um, tonight, yeah. Okay. Whoever you want to be. Tonight, yeah. 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 Um, but he he was he was super tight. He invited he was like, hey, this is that guy, it's James. And James, you did so good on the show. And I, I made every I made each scene stand out for you. And you you're amazing. Oh, wow. And I was like, who are you? And he was like, Dwayne, I edited this. And I was like, oh, you know, hug him and have a good That's time. Amazing. Um, and then this show started, dude. And it was like, I think it was the first episode or first two episodes. Yeah. But uh, it, I remember like I, w- I was kind of lit and I had no context to what was going on. And you're watching this and literally like, I think like seven times I look over to my partner. I'm like, <laughs> and like, and then you know, I was like, ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, it doesn't matter, we're here. Um, and then we went to the after party, and that was also super cool. It was like three stories, um, a lot of famous people. Was um, Laura Dern there doing Jello shots? <laughs> dude, I met, I, I met Laura Dern. Okay, I, I, I'm gonna need your there. personal uh, phone number. <laughs> <laughs> I did. Uh, I, I did what one of my mentors told me to do, and that was uh, just pretend I belong there. 
And so yeah. I, I, uh, I was walking to my seat and Laura Dern was walking out of the theater and I bump into her and I was like, Laura, it's so good to see you again. Oh my God. How are you? Yes. Oh my God. I belong like, here. <laughs> yeah. She's, she's like, it's so good to see you. Oh, how are you? So, you know, and, and I was like, Oh, well, I'll let you go. But Oh, so much congratulations for everything. And then I, I went and sat next to my lady and I was like, for the first time, I just met Laura Dern. <laughs> I just pretended I knew her, <laughs> and she just went with it. And she pretended oh, she knew me. At a question at, at that point, did you even know she was in the sh- in the show? I mean, I guess it was announced the cast list. I, I was, was say because I know she wasn't in the first two parts. But yeah, that's yeah, still she, that's she, an amazing story. Yeah, she she was announced, and I know she worked with David Lynch before. So yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. <sighs> amazing. Yeah, uh, but yeah, that was a, that was a great time. The the after party was really. cool too and michael horace uh Ooh. He, he's Hawk. a fun guy <laughs> <laughs> we were at the, we were at the party the after party and it's, it's kind of like a giant maze and i go into this room and it's this tropical little tropicana room and uh i'm I, again I'm, i've been drinking and uh i don't really know where i am and um i remember all of a sudden i see michael there and I was, and I just was like, okay, Michael, and he recognized me, you know, and I was just like, that's really a nice feeling. And um, he was just, he was like, hey, it's good to see you again, man. And I was like, good to see you too. And he just leans in, he's like, I have no fucking idea where I am. And I was like, me too, man. And so, you know, we were all, we were all having a good time. I think it's Rainforest Cafe, man. (laughs) Right. It's the Rainforest Cafe. (laughs) That's pretty that's pretty funny. Yeah. (laughs) It's like a fucking gorilla in a tree. (laughs) And two cans just doing the same thing over and over again. Yeah. So yeah, do we have a little bit of time for some patron Q&A? If anybody has anything yeah, they want to Yeah, wants to hop quick? on, I know we've got a few questions that were submitted. Um, oh, that's cool, man. Yep. you got people interacting. That's always a good thing. Definitely. Yeah, I, um, we still can't believe it. <laughs> yeah, we can't believe anyone responds to us. We actually have one I'll bring up quick, but if anyone wants to hop on the video chat and wants to ask a question, feel free or you can hop on now. Uh, I'll, I'll read one quick because um, I think this one's really interesting. This one comes from our dear friend, Mr. Ring, a.k.a. Take the Ring, Jeremiah Beaver. Um, he says, I heard Dave's take on how a sweet, innocent character in a world of shit that Jesse Holcomb is. He says, but he teeters back and forth because he sometimes sees him as an oblivious kind of knucklehead. Because uh, when Chad's being a dick about um, the dead son, when you guys are in the sheriff's station, Jesse just stares off into space. He could be reflecting, sure, but I think the honorable thing would be to put Chad in his place. Because Chad makes fun of a dead veteran, and Jesse's kind of drifting through life, and Twin Peaks is falling apart, and the only thing he wants to do is show Sheriff his new Sheriff Truman his new car. <laughs> so there is a sweet, innocent side, but if I'm being cynical, I think Frost and Lynch are showing that being passive in a world like this isn't really helping. So there's more to life than being a nice guy that's into cars, especially if you're a cop in a world coming undone. And he'd like to hear Dave and Jesse's thoughts on that. Whoever wants to go. That was a lot. He also doesn't want to hear my thoughts. Nope. You have no view. He doesn't want to hear from you. We got beef. I'll say we asked for questions, not dissertations. (laughs) Sermons. Uh, Hey, Mr. May. 
<laughs> you, Mr. Ring. <laughs> no, I'm just joking. <laughs> no, I'm just joking, man. I'm just kidding. Um, you did text to that last night. It's kind of funny. Um, we love Mr. Ring. I, 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 again, yeah, I love you, Mr. Ring. Thanks for being cool. Um, thanks for being a cock ring. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> oh. like, yeah, I'm just joking. I love you. Oh, no. Pulled into it. How do you get, how do you get one uh, more? He's gonna, he's gonna buy no. a cameo. Like, can you apologize to me? Here's twelve dollars. I'll do it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. That's the price of admission. No, Mr. Uh, again, back to this idea of consciousness and meditation, yoga. Mr. Ring is, um, if you look at Dougie Jones, he was non-reactive, yet all the narratives around him manifested and worked themselves out in their own way that they needed to work themselves out. He was non-reactive. I think that's kind of the way that I interpreted the character being James watching the character is a sense of non-reaction and then like, I guess a light. I was, cause I was gonna say curiosity, but man, this, I don't wanna get too like new words, but like a light. Um, but I definitely think that there was a sense of non-reactivity uh, with the theme of the show and how sometimes you don't have to do sometimes it's about not doing something and letting it all kind of just work itself out um i know that that's like kind of a taboo topic in regards to like this world where everybody's got to save the fucking world and everybody's got to vote and everybody's got to recycle and everybody's got to have their opinions and let the world know about it but maybe you don't and like maybe you can just be with yourself and explore that and i think that there's a sense of i guess that could be interpreted as sort of daydreamy or aloof or passive but i think too that there's a strength in that ability as well of course there's a weakness to it too because all things come in kind of positive and negative but i think that ultimately that idea of non-reactivity was a important theme and maybe my character had just a little accentuation of that. I love that. And uh, my view is that uh, there's a sort of double-edged sword to any situation where that is min-maxed, where uh, people can be very uh, reserved and internalized on an issue. Like, I'm, I'm not an activist. I'm not someone that you'll see in the streets with a sign. That doesn't mean that I don't believe in things. Dave, I was driving down Dayton Boulevard the other day, and you were literally walking down the sidewalk with sign and it said fuck you tyler and i was hurt okay. oh well my location's given away i guess Damn. but uh <laughs> so <Doc. That's> <laughs> but, uh, I, I feel like if so what i just derailed uh like so there are two sides to everything uh i'm not somebody who is like out out with signs protesting in in streets or in crowds but that doesn't mean that my beliefs aren't my own and true and that I won't talk to somebody very realistically on an issue. And there are those people who are very out there and in your face in public that are, you know, doing their part the way they feel that they need to. Uh, I guess my roundabout way of saying that everybody has their part to play in, in a space. And it can be maybe that somebody who is quieter is more the one-on-one, the -on -one, like sitting at a table and having a conversation with somebody person. Somebody else is somebody who needs to be in the masses, uh, being you know, very public and, and seen uh, as, as part of a crowd to make that effect on people who need to see that. 
some people need the the one-on-one at the table and some people need to see the the big crowds on TV to get the message. And I think that that's just one example of somebody who is not speaking out of turn because maybe what they have to say isn't what that person would need to hear to be bettered or to not be true. Because who knows how, like that specific instance that Mr. Ring was talking about, who say that Chad wouldn't have been really reactionary in that moment and caused a scene or hurt somebody that didn't need to get hurt versus the sort of way that fizzles out. Like it, it just may not have been the time to, to say something in that moment. So that's where I see Jesse's role in that moment. Just, as, Jesse knows when to, when to strike. He, he yeah. knows, he knows when to keep his mouth shut and he knows when to say something. Yeah. And I, I think this? that was just a moment yeah. of that reflection of saying like, it took all that time to be like, if I say this, what's going to happen? Like, and so it, the, the decision was just not right now. Jesse plays chess. Yeah. Not, not checkers. checkers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I do. I like that. On top of this, we they have a question that kind of connects here from Craig Woods. It says, what was Jesse looking at thinking about while apparently, ab- while apparently staring absently into space following Chad's couldn't take being a soldier speech? Also, can I please see your new car? <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah, you can. <laughs> um, you can see it on a Super Bowl commercial. <laughs> yeah, right. I'll get Ford commercial. Um, <laughs> yes. I, uh, I guess too. When I was kind of formulating this character again, you got to kind of give a reason for your own rhyme. And when I was formulating the character, I come from. There's a lot of veterans in my family. I'm not one, but there's a lot and. Uh, you know, there are a couple aren't around anymore, and so I kind of wanted to take this sort of military esque. Like I kind of looked at that. I kind of looked at the character as like he he went to war, and he's been in, at war, and he knows what that's like. And um, so some some cockamamie like uh, Chad and him shouting his fucking mouth off about something like that. It's like I don't even got the time for that, dude. And, you know, funny enough, I was looking at the clock too in that scene. So, hey, boom. But <laughs> did he tell, um, did, did David Lynch tell you to look at the clock? Maybe. <laughs> I'll what, never tell. And what time was the clock? <laughs> 9 11. No, I'm just joking. Oh, no. Oh, um, oh, no. Setting oh, no. something up. Yeah. Um, but no, honestly, the idea of 9 11 and all that stuff did kind of trigger me too because I was just like, you know, that, that mindset, you know, just this mindset of conspiracy and, and it's like, you know, I could, I took this character and I was just like, in my world, all these conspiracies are real. And I went to war and I just like, I know that there is some tough shit going on, but I have my composure because I'm strong enough to have that composure. And so again, like, and that's, it's so weird. That I'm telling you all this weird stuff, but like, it's not even in, there's no of that context in the show, but anyway, um, yeah. And so, so what he was saying in that regard, I was just, it did affect me, but it was one of those things. Like, I think I saw the comments, like, I, I ain't got time for that. Wow. Man. I've learned so much tonight. Yeah. yeah. And it, I mean, like you're saying, like, you don't have that context. It takes things like this, like these conversations to really understand that those things are at play in telling this story. 
Yeah, and, but ultimately you know, too, it's not, it's it's not David though. You know, like because I don't want to I don't want to speak on his work sure. ethic, or I, I don't want to I don't want to claim that he does something that yeah, you know, is whatever. Uh, but yeah. just just from an actor's perspective, um, you know, I did I did all that homework, and so that was kind of like where I was coming from, and. Yeah, I think he could be kind of ditzy too, but you know, aren't we all have those moments? <laughs> yeah. I like looking yeah. at it now too, just you know, with the whole like you coming in with a code for your new car. You're like, you're not wanting to talk about your new car. You got you want to tell them about what happened at the double R <laughs> or whatever, you know, <laughs> although, conspiracy going on. Yeah, although so, too, again with that scene, it was almost like uh, Sheriff Truman's a legend. You know, he's a yeah, legend. Yeah, so, right. so you know, how do you talk to a god? You know, and it's yeah. one of those things that I try to like kind of have this sort of like it's an offering, you know, I want to I want to be the sheriff one day. So, you know, let's can we talk about sheriff that Jesse in my car? And then and then when he's in my car, I try to take his pants off. <laughs> oh. And his hat. Does that. Yep, his hat bounces. Yeah. Yeah. His hat. Now, now, James, you did ask for some weird questions. We need, we need to bounce back to Chad for a second from our resident Demon Peaks uh, on Instagram. How did you resist kissing Chad? How did I resist? I'm not a mustache and beard guy, you know. Like I don't there you like go. answer. There you go, Demon yeah. Peaks. That's not great for me. Shave, shave, shave your face and let's talk. <laughs> I have a can. I have a cameo. <laughs> All right, Demon Peaks, go spend out. Let's go spend your money on the cameo if you really want the real answer to the <laughs> real, real deputy Jess. Head on over to cameo.com. Search James Griggs. <laughs> Anyone else in the in the chat have any have any questions? Uh, I do see I do see one more out there question. Uh, <laughs> a hypothetical. So Ooh. when when Doctor Amp, you might need it for this. <laughs> <laughs> when Doctor Amp and Nadine fall out, and she has her one eye on a certain young deputy, <laughs> what does Jesse do about that situation? What would Jesse do? I've WWJD. Honestly, whatever the hell the other person wants, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, we gotta, you know, it's not about you, baby. It's about <laughs> stepping outside of you and showing up for other people. <laughs> Nadine's on as that. As, yeah, yeah. I was gonna say, as long as I, as long as I have my car, I think we'll be okay. <laughs> oh yeah, who said that? Jasmine just said I. There was a late. Uh, she loved a question somewhere. Someone said J Sonny Jim, Dougie Jones's son, Sonny Jim Jones, mm -hmm. uh, was just Deputy Jesse. Who said that? Oh, that was on Discord. Oh, it was on Discord. But I don't remember who said that. What happened? Dr. Mike, maybe? Maybe. That sounds right, actually. Yeah. And I'm not going to check it because that's something that we'll get you out for, and that's well, welcomed. Uh, <laughs> I'm fact-checking. What are you yep. even talking about? Dr. Mike. He said, "Is Deputy Jesse actually Sunny Jim in the future? So Dougie Jones's son? <laughs> that was the question. <laughs> oh, and then Tyler said that oh. shit is gonna. <laughs> oh yeah, why not? Yeah, sure. You heard there it you here go. First. Oh, right, back. There you go. Sure. It's done. It's done. Yeah. done. Here's your answer. Sure, why not? Sure, why not? <laughs> and one other one from from Jazzy Chad. Hi, yes, a longtime listener, first time caller. Can you explain like everything?" Yeah, right now. And thank you. Well, I, at first, thanks for being thanks for the first time call. Um, <laughs> thanks for the thanks for the long time view. 
<laughs> the meaning of everything is whatever you want to make it. Coming from a thirty-three, coming from a thirty-three-year-old actor. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Yeah. What a crazy uh, one more question. What's the meaning here? of life. Yeah. What, yeah. Anyway, go on. Uh, Jasmine said, "What was your favorite part of the return? Do you mean like outside of, outside of Jesse Holcomb? Outside of him? Outside of yeah? Yeah, of course. Yeah. So favorite. So favorite. I'm like rubbing. I'm like rubbing. My it was the time I. It was the time I. It was the time I heard shots outside of the door. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, I did again. I don't know what, if episode eight or seven, the one with yeah, Adam. Yeah. That, yeah. 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 I remember I watched that show. You know, I said I might may have smoked a dupe. And um, I had it, and I lit it, and as soon as that atom bomb hit, I didn't even smoke it. It looked like in that uh, Pete Floyd's the wall. He just had the cigarette, oh, yes. it was, like it was all burnt down. down. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. By the end of that show, it looked like that. And you know, I've I've never seen anything. Uh, I've never seen anything like that. Nothing's ever made me nuts. No one has. Well done, David Lynch. Good job. I'm really happy. I'm really happy I could talk like this. Because I've been, I mean, it's been a, it's been a hard week, and so uh, <laughs> yeah. I really appreciate it. Anytime, yeah. anytime you wanna you wanna come back, we're here all the time. Cool. <laughs> yeah. I appreciate uh, you, I, gentlemen. Appreciate um, you. I, I know you got to go. Uh, very mm-hmm. last thing. One last request. This is just for me personally. Uh, could I get Jesse Holcomb to say that he's proud of me? Yeah. Hold on one second. All right. It's got to get there. Dave, I was at Big Ed's gas farm, and then I realized I fucking love you, and I'm really proud of you. I didn't even ask for that middle part. Yeah, you can Venmo. You can you you can you can uh, you can Venmo me that morning. Uh, go buy that go buy that cameo. Yeah, go buy that cameo. But but for real, before I go, uh, just for real though, Dave, um, what you did say, it really uh, made me really happy. And it also brought both my lady and myself up, you know, cheerful in the dark week that we're in. And um, and I also just want to say too that uh, like it is really humbling to meet like fans and, and stuff like that. So like hands down, like to all three of you gentlemen, I'm really uh, honored, and I appreciate you. And so uh, we're definitely yeah. fans, and I, I, I will say that I am so one, one so thankful and happy that you even came on for this, and I'm super, just over the moon to find out that you're every bit the classic sweetie that I equated Jesse Holcomb to. <laughs> Just I like, heard Patrick say that too. That also gave me a little goosebumps. That was, that was nice. a little sweetie. Yeah. Well, that came from him from an earlier episode. But yes, classic little sweetie is all day. Yeah. Yeah. Just, 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 I just have to keep repeating it because it's James. You're, you're an awesome dude. It was super great to meet you, and thanks so much again for doing this with us. Yeah, thank yeah, you. Yeah, so Dave, much, Dave, Tyler, Patrick, uh, hey, Namaste, and uh, yeah, man, we'll keep in touch. Absolutely, yeah, sounds absolutely. Great. Thank you cool. so much. Thank you, Jesse. Yeah. Have a good night. Have a good night, guys. Yeah, dudes. Ha, 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 ha.